So we come on retreat. Um, this is an occasion for the gathering of the skillful factors of the Eightfold Path. So when we, you know, trying to describe what Buddhism, if we even use that term, Dhamma is, is it religion? No. Philosophy? No. Though you could get religious attitudes, spiritual, transcendent, philosophical, somatic, body work. It's a way. It's a way to the end of suffering. And whatever you need to fulfill and accomplish that. And these will always be Mm. skillful body, speech, mind Uh, body, thought and heart, put it that way Mm. that keeps it quite an open sense that makes it interesting encouraging, you can't quite package it (laughs) because it's everything and yet the one abiding principle is skillful because skillful causes the center to open why do you want the center? because we recognize how uh, strung out we can get how knocked over we can get how flooded we can get how taken over we can get how grabbed and pulled and thrown around we can get like a boat that's got no keel no rudder just swamped we want so we want you know, that, that sense of a center in our lives which is stable but not rigid uh, it can be in life and yet it's not swamped you know, and that takes considerable skill yeah, and you know it's and you, how you define skill is because it establishes you in the center <laughs> Yeah. So rather than creating a kind of list of moral virtues, you say, well, how you know something skillful because you get comfortable and free from agitation, remorse, contraction, grasping. That, yeah, and the center lightens up. We feel a little more collected. Anything takes you out of that, we can consider unskillful. Not necessarily morally wrong, but just unnecessary or distracting or blurring you know, too much even conceptualization gets over, overweight recognizing that the center cannot be described in words uh, words can point to it uh, it's always beyond that and yet skillful states cause that to light up Skillful state when something's true, really, really true. You get, you get it. You, yes, and something. Oh, yeah. Or something's unquestionably good, and you feel delighted in the harmony and the generosity and the companionship. The, the we sense is properly understood and nourished. You get something for yourself. This is. This is worthy. Yeah. Well, the beautiful, the touches of that sense of uh, openness, where you feel very much suddenly into an intimate world, 
that's alive and you feel touched yeah. oh beautiful mm. beautiful speech yeah. beautiful action mm. beautiful gestures oh, yes. mm. touches and the center lights up Yeah, we can say these skillful qualities are not of the center but they illuminate it uh, they confirm it and we begin to orient our lives around that and this is the call he pasiko find out for yourself come and look investigate opanayako it leads you onwards it's progressive pachatang you can authenticate it in your own experience and that's the that's the definition of dhamma direct, available, encouraging you to look inward, develops, grows, and you know it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we say, okay, you know, so when we're on retreat, we're sort of creating some structures, some, resi- some resi- renunciation to clear the amount of different directions our minds can go in, trying to keep it steady focus. Oh, we're meditating. Uh, yeah, I guess you could call it that. <laughs> oh, meditation. Oh, yeah, meditation. Oh, yeah, I should do more of that. I, uh, so I never seem to get enough time to meditate. And really, I can't meditate because I just want mind. I can't concentrate. My mind is just a scrambled mess. Meditation is about concentration, isn't it? And getting sitting, well, not really (laughs) in fact, meditation isn't exactly what we're doing (laughs) the Buddha called it bhavana, which means uh, it's it's kind of a word you, when you look into the Pali, it means that which generates good causes that which causes good things to develop, bhavana it brings into being and what we're doing is citta bhavana, bringing good heart qualities into being into realization, into direct experience. That's uh, so is that concent? No, not exactly concentrating, but it does lead you to a collected, composed state. Mm-hmm. So when we kind of unpack some of the problems of meditation, uh, why we don't do it? <laughs> Because I just can't get that effort to try and keep focusing on some point. Well, that isn't what—that's what it's about, <laughs> really. No, no, the Buddha never taught that. He never taught us to focus on a point. I, you know, <laughs> I've never seen that in forty-eight years of looking into scriptures. He never tells us to concentrate. But what about samadhi? Well, yeah, that's 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 a concentrated, that's a state of unification that you enter into. You enter it. You don't do it. You enter it. And how do you enter it? Because what happens is, through skillful practices, you build up an increasing flow of qualities that gather, delight, focus, steer the heart till it's satisfied in itself. Satisfied in itself. Why go anywhere else? That's what we call samadhi. 
It's called unification of heart, chetesa ekagata. Instead of the heart being distracted by this and that, possibly it's just all settled in itself. Yeah. And that's why I think it's quite, to me, it seems quite crucial to really understand what chitta is. Uh, yeah. Because that's what gets unified. Yeah. It's different from the mind, which can focus on a point, which is always external to the mind, isn't it? The mind focuses on an image, the mind focuses on a thought, the mind focuses on an object. And the jitta doesn't do that. The heart receives and dwells in supportive qualities. You don't exactly focus on them. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say you do, but you gather and you settle into it. This is right. Yeah. Trust this. I trust this. This feels good. This means you are now one-pointed, gathered into that particular theme. There's your concentration. You could say, you know, I'm one-pointed on, uh, on cultivating harmlessness. You know, that's really something I, I enjoy, I appreciate, I think it's beautiful, I trust it, it's worthy, it's for the welfare of others. Okay, then I contemplate that quality and I sense that in my heart and I enter into that. So you get a kind of this collecting effect. But actually, um, you know, we consider the Buddha's teaching and practice in the broad view of things, this collecting is actually even more uh, profound than that because it's a collecting of both subtle body qualities inner body qualities such as composure groundedness stability freedom from compression freedom from agitation freedom from violent energies a kind of purified internal body those qualities plus heart qualities plus some pretty skillful mental Discernment. No, not that one. No, no, don't. No, you've been there before. No, come back. <laughs> so it's the gathering. So that's what makes it really unified. It's the gathering together of the body, the heart, and the mind into one sense where your mind is going, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And your heart is going, ah, and the body is just steady. Okay? Now maybe this seems like well that that's, I can't do that either. <laughs> well, as I said before, I won't teach you anything that I haven't failed to do myself <laughs> many times, but I haven't given up. <laughs> but you know, process takes a little bit of you know. And what is that? And the Buddha likened it, he used the image of, you know, so you take uh, the rain falls on the mountain, rain drops down, and it gathers into a gully, it forms a stream. Those raindrops pop, 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 gradually form a stream. The stream flows down the mountain, becomes a river. 
it gathers and it begins to gather the other streams into it, it turns into a lake and the lake becomes very full and overflows, becomes a vast river and then it goes into the sea did that raindrop when it started out thinking oh no, I can't become a sea, no way <laughs> it's beyond me <laughs> so just, just be a good raindrop, that's all <laughs> and just keep going <laughs> eventually it becomes a stream stream, you just keep it going and it gradually attracts uh, other streams to it and you just, what you do is you keep warding off clearing the blockages clearing the debris choke it up, keep the raindrops falling, the stream will continue and he said this is the way you cultivate you bring into being the stream of skillful qualities and you keep returning to those time and time again and sensing them and honouring them and respecting them despite you know, the rocks on the mountain, despite everything else that's going on there's your focus if you want to concentrate there's your concentration means concentrate on establishing that steady stream Hmm? this is a heart quality then isn't it So this means, you know, so maybe, you know, I, I, my mind is pretty scrambled and da, 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 I can't refocus. Really I just, well, don't go there. That's not profitable. Could you just sort of stand on your, in your body for a while and feel the whole body and stand on your bones and just breathe in and out and just not get tangling up with your mind states? That would be better. So you, where, where, does, where can the stream land? Where can those raindrops land? Where can that start? You can't start here. Okay, you've got other territory, you know. And we're trying to really work against our tendency to get captured by the problems, of which, sure, there are many problems. And there are internal problems, problems in our health, problems in our lifestyle problems in the world and we go, oh my goodness, so much going on so we get captured, this is the real world, you say, something real about it yeah. and it's certainly an aspect, a big aspect but what about the courage that we have to get through the day what about the generous acts we perform pretty much every day, somebody's gracious somebody's kind, somebody shares, somebody offers yeah, yeah. Somebody has offered, and we can remember that. Yeah. What about that stream? Could you give more attention to that? Yeah. Because that's going to bear fruit. That's going to collect. The other stuff will take you into a negative concentration, where you get overwhelmed. So it's just the pragmatism of it all. Yeah. Mm. And the the real life quality of it all. This is not esoteric. Mm. You know?
you know, we so certainly an experience, you know, you get people who had terrific problems, you know, addictions, uh, psychological difficulties, horrific stories, you know, make you wince to hear of it. Okay, you know, so situation, well, what can they do? We start off just, okay, let's just be able to say what you're experiencing and be heard and enjoy that. that you know. And what you, you can't alter what's happened to you, but you can alter what you do. You can't change what's happened to you. And some of it's pretty gruesome. You can't change that. All you can change is what you do now. And realize nothing really stops you from that potential. Nothing stops you from doing some good. Nothing stops you from doing some good. Yeah. I'm reading the story of the Tibetan monk Palden Gyatso, I think his name, when he was um, he was quite a young monk in his early 30s and when that time the Red Army took over Tibet and they captured all the monks or beat them up or killed them and he was um, captured and he was told to, he had to confess that his teacher was a CIA agent and he said, I couldn't, because it wasn't true. So they beat me up. And they said, you had to say this. How can I say it? Because it's not actually true. He couldn't get it, how you could say something that wasn't actually true. Because what's speech for? It's to say what's true. He, he, you know, he, couldn't, he couldn't say it. So they beat him up some more. So then they threw him in jail, prison. And one thing after another, he was in this internment for 30 years, over 30 years. And uh, brutal treatment, starvation, uh, psychological torment, physical torment, uh, using these electrified cattle prods, you know, putting them in people's mouths, their teeth blow out, and putting them in people's orifices, and so forth, and people dying and so on. So the only good I could do was to keep forgiving people. So I did that. Thirty years. Eventually he said, he said to them, look, I'm now sixty odd years old. I'm a useless old man. Why bother keep me here? He said, okay, you can go. So he left and he escaped and he went to see the Dalai Lama and he said, you know, the only thing that really bothers me is if any occasion I might have lost my sense of compassion and forgiveness for those guards because that would be terrible if I lost that. I can't, you know, I can't stop people beating me up. What I can do is stop hating them. That's a pretty tall order, <laughs> you know? But that's a striking example of what stops us from doing 
some good. Mm. You know, if we believe in our despair and identify with it as that's what I am, if we believe in our weaknesses and our brokenness and that's what I am, that stops us. Grasping stops us. Grasping an identity stops it. And this Dhamma is based on non-identity, non-grasping. Yes, this happened. Yes, I feel this. Yes, I have these limitations. Yes, these occur. These are conditions that I have to work with. This bit I can see I can do. I can do the kindness. I can do the equanimity. I can do the patience. I can do the service. I can do. There, I'll go for that. That will be my bhavana. It will grow. Otherwise, how would confused people such as us and probably people who have less good fortune than we, how would they ever be able to attain the way? For to set this way is open to anyone who chooses. Even the mass murderer, Gulimala, slaughtered 999 defenseless people. Said, the way is open, come into the way. And he did. So, just that drip feed. What we can bring forth that takes us out of our little trap of I'm only this. If you want to call that concentration, it is a concentration, it's a focus. It requires wisdom to discern what's possible. Mindfulness is the agent. That means you find that and you stay with it. The nature of mindfulness is both locational, so it's an attention quality that focuses on a particular and it's also a receptive quality which takes it in so the focus is on where's the skillful where's avoiding the unskillful no 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 take that in and so this is when uh, the taking in draws it into the heart the heart is a receptor so it takes in what we linger with the aim of sati is to linger with, and then the heart will be able to take it in. This begins that process of the drip feed, where things start to swell. And, um, it's very profound because this tendency to identify with causes and conditions that have happened or are happening is very uh, fundamental to ignorance, to non-entering the way, to not really sensing things properly. There's a claiming, yeah? 
And we all know people can claim land, which nobody can own land. People claim it, it's a habit. People claim, you know, money, resources, you know, claim it, this is mine. And you feel the ugliness of that particular moment of mine, when mine, and you sense it. You know, something hunches over and <laughs> not anybody else's. You know, the wee sense disappears. Yeah, even this very body. So, you know, we don't own, but we have, we can be careful custodians of what has arrived. This very hill, very carefully stewarded, carefully looked after supervised, owned, probably legally it's owned, but if you, you know, if you're part of this situation, you recognize that we're just handling it for the welfare of, keep the thing going, future generations. Nobody owns it, really. Yeah. But this is a very common quality of, of ignorance and it's a sense of the not discerning where true security is in this stream of the wholesome which can only lead to better and more fulfilling states that's the most secure it's not an entity, it's a process it's not a thing it's a process that you enter, reliable we don't get that, we don't understand that taught it, we haven't trained in it. Jitta wants something to hold on to in this world because it's pretty scary out here. It might go wrong, you know, I might be, you know. And so that clamp causes a sense of I am. It's the contraction causes the I am. The I am doesn't grasp, grasping creates the I am this, this is mine, this is me. And of course it goes beyond external property to first of all this body, this is what I am, this is me, this is mine, it's not anybody else's, so I guess it's mine. Say, well, not really, you know, it's really coming out of food and air and water and parents and natural processes and yeah, you've got some sense of having to operate in this particular territory but you can't own it, you try and make it into something that it doesn't want to be. You know, and they have a way of presenting that to you as they, as they go through their years, don't they? You know, After these years of looking after you, your knees are breaking down. <laughs> What a rotten deal. <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> How much do you expect out of it? <laughs> they say, no, well, uh, thank you very much for the years it didn't break down. <laughs> and uh, were you, when it didn't break down, what were you doing with it? I was just kind of jigging around. <laughs> Why didn't you pay attention to the good qualities that were available then? Oh, well. <laughs> you know? So, when we really understand is to say, thank goodness, you know, I can still, but this function, this thing can still function. Wow, this isn't going to happen forever. <laughs> let's do it, let's use it well, wisely. 
this brain is still able to calculate. It's not going to go on forever. Use it while you can. <laughs> you know, these are not identities. These are qualities, gifts, conditions that have arisen. Yeah, how can we how can we manage them? So managing is a different, that's mindfulness. Grasping holds things tight. Mindfulness holds things like a loop, saying, well, actually, this leads to that, to this, to that. It's a container, but it's not a, it doesn't clamp. It contains things as, these are all fluid courses and conditions that I'm tuning into. It's like, I'm listening to the song. The song is constantly changing, flowing, but the listening remains steady. So the concentration is not exactly on the theme, but on the awareness of the theme. I'm holding the space where I'm listening to the breath. I'm not trying to hold a breath. I'm just listening to that, opening that space through which the breathing can stream. So it's a kind of hands-off, called viveka, non-attachment. I've got to get this right. Gonna get yeah, they're gonna make sure I get it. Every one of them count those breaths. One, two, three, four. Got it. Then I'm good. I'm good at it. I'm doing well. I'm definitely focused. I'm concentrating. That's me. I'm in there. I've got a chance. Oh no, I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) Meditation games. And then we can swing from being someone who feels they've really got it together to being a complete failure. Uh, meditators tend to see the people who tend to uh, be more on the recognition of their own uh, frailties, put it that way, or inadequacies, or things that are not quite. That's why we practice. If you're a narcissist, everything's fine. There's something wrong with everybody else apart from me. <laughs> Meditators generally are non-narcissistic. They tend to be the neurotic. There's something incredibly wrong with me that I don't want people to know about. I don't even know about it myself, but I know there's something wrong. <laughs> there's something that proves it. <laughs> I just did it. I just said it. I just thought it. <laughs> So then we own, own our inferiority. Because <laughs> once you, you know, that grasping around those states. So say, well, then we can have a call. Who's the most inferior? Look, I dream every night of gouging my mother's eyes out. How about that? It's pretty bad, huh? <laughs> no, that's nothing. I dream every night of setting fire to my husband. <laughs> Uh, no, that's not very good. I dream every night of what, my, wiping out half the population of the planet. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Who's even worse than that? You know, I'm kind of addicted, neurotic, grumpy, miserable. That's how inferior I am. And so you get a kind of inferiority contest. Because I was beaten up, I was abused. Oh, wow, that's terrible. Yeah, you think you were beaten up and abused? I was even more beaten up and abused. <laughs> I wasn't beaten up and abused, I'm just basically crabby and neurotic and wacky. (laughs) So we can identify with these conditions. Just a minute. Lighten up, will you? Like, look at the field, you know? Look at the other human beings on the planet. At least you 
can you do good? Yeah, I can do good. Yeah. I can do good. Yeah. I do care. Yeah. I enjoy generosity whenever I can do it. I like to help out. That's the one. Yeah. So with mindfulness is sustaining that that kind of focus on the beauty of the heart. And that's beyond history. We can all have murky histories, murky conditions, troubled conditions, absolutely. But beauty of the heart is not a history. It's natural. Particularly when we step out of a history, just, yeah, you know, I've got a PhD in this, and I can play classical flute, but what really I, I can also express kindness and gratitude like everybody else, great or small. Even a dog can do that. Not much identity in that, then, is there? That's that's part of the thing, is to step out of the identity packet and look into the common field, common wealth of human goodness. And then we feel blessed that we have this capacity. Each and every one of us has that capacity. What a blessing. Can we, can we focus on that? So, Buddha said, well, if you cultivate like this, gladness will arise. You're experiencing gladness. Pomoja, some sense of, oh, what a blessing. Gladness will arise. If you sustain that, sense of gladness your nervous system starts to lose its jangle and fearfulness and frenzy and worry and as you do that your body begins to calm your inner body your subtle body begins to ease up and as it begins to ease up the qualities of the heart and the qualities of the body begin to know each other. You can't know it in your head, but you feel that quality of heart, and your body feels comfortable, and those energies begin to blend, and we feel lifted. And this is the crucial, a particular stage in the process of cultivation. It's called piti. Pity means a certain buoyancy, lifted. And it's associated with the dispelling of doubt, worrying about yourself, doubting yourself, vacillating, irritability, negativities, seeking gratification, restless flurries. And these are not just psychological disorders. These are about particular 
um, inadequacies or in, in the subtle body. If the body is not comfortable, naturally we start getting fidgety. The body is not, the heart's not full and felt sense in the body, naturally we get a bit, well, I wouldn't fancy one of those, it'd be nice to have some of that, you know, out there, because in here it's a bit dry or, you know, stale or stagnant. So therefore we get kind of greedy or seeking something external. These hindrances, you probably know the lists, and uh, you can get into identifying with your hindrances. Yeah. I'm an ill will person, that's me, I complain of that. I've got a real issue with, seg- with sense desires. Mm, yeah. you know, identify with that <laughs> the way one tends to do. Say, no, no, no. There's awareness of those tendencies. Awareness of those tendencies that everybody has. The Buddha on down, everybody has those tendencies. Awareness of those. How's that feel in your body? Feel good, does it? Body feels kind of uncomfortable, cramped, or stressed and agitated. Why don't you deal with that in your body intimately? When you breathe through that irritation, that fear, the that anxiety, rather than just lay a bung, put something on top of it to cover it, like some movies or whatever, you know, put that on top to kind of damp it down, doesn't deal with it, once the movie's over, back where we are again, with perhaps a feeling of, you know, I should have faced that, shouldn't I? I'm too weak-willed, I'm too, you know, we go again. <laughs> Don't have the discipline, no, 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 stop doing that (laughs) let's just feel even that that sense of remorse in your body the sense of how remorse feeling the body feels kind of shivery and awkward and unsound um, you know embarrassed and nervy look okay let's return to can you do good any good yeah just focus on that Okay, now you're back again. <laughs> These conditions took over, absolutely. You find that place where you can start plugging in to the stream. And then when you take the good qualities that you do in your life, which seem quite natural, they may be seemingly, in terms of events, quite small. You know, like I saw this fly on my, and I didn't kill it, you know, or I, saw this person, I gave him a warm welcome, you know, simple things like that. Or, of course, more profound, you know, I learned to not antagonize my frustrating, irritating neighbors, or or patient, chalk it up, good day, (laughs) and then you dwell in that. Yeah, pleased. And then that that's it in turn and take it into your body how the body feels the internal body feels and maybe this seems a bit how do you do that well just stay with it and then as you're staying with that that memory that heart feeling 
Just take a few breaths. Keep that, that impression in mind. When I say take the breath, I don't mean drop the heart state and focus on the point in your body. No. You feel that kind of swelling, suffusing, inhalation, exhalation, that rhythm, that energy flowing through you. And you stay in that emotional space, that heart space, and you feel the, the breathing occurring, that rhythm of breathing. And that kind of <laughs> sort of steeps it into your tissues. It's a natural thing. It, it, that, that's the quality of, the, of that somatic energy is it picks up the heart tone and it, it begins to kind of embed it. Embed it. And it becomes firm. <coughs> you know? As we all know, this, this is called absorption. Something in the heart is embedded in the body. Now, we probably are aware of that in terms of negative states like addictions, where I just get that thing and I just can't stop because my whole, you know, I get my body demands I've got to have one of those. You know, people get hooked on drugs, gambling, da 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 da. You know, what happens? They absorb into something, it goes into the body, and the body begins to, subtle body begins to form around that, that experience till it becomes extremely difficult to get out of it. That's addiction. When it's not just mental, mental is part of it, psychological is part of it, but it's the embodied aspect of it that anchors it, where you just can't stop. Yeah. Your body goes that way. Not physically, anatomy, but the subtle energy goes that way. Yeah. And this absorptive process, which is very natural for people, and it's why you know the Buddha says, yes, absorb. It's called jhana, jayati bhikkhu, absorb. But absorb in the skillful. <laughs> Because if you don't absorb in the skillful, the likelihood is you're going to absorb into the unskillful, or <laughs> you're going to pick it up and take it in, or the habits, or the data, or the social programming, or the propaganda, or the stuff that captures people till so they're going, yeah, 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 you know, <laughs> totally embedded in some dogma <laughs> or some, you know, like football team or craze or something. And so it becomes the mainstay of the life, you know. Without that, I just feel like I'm, I can't get, I can't hold myself together without that doing that once a week or once a day or something, you know. And then so that's a that's an absorption into the unskillful. It means you're never fulfilled because it's a basic absorption into that which drains the heart. We absorb into qualities that don't drain the heart, but actually enrich it, fulfill it. And so this comes in our own intimacy, that drawing into the intimacy of 
What's, the, what's it feel like, if you like, in my nervous system when I tune into gratitude yeah. or the contentment or the loving kindness or the patience or the forgiveness? I can breathe out. I can let the breath go all the way out because there's no nervousness, there's no resistance, there's no remorse. And I can breathe in, I feel dignified and complete in that. That's how it happens. And as you sense that and you know it, right, now I know this for sure. This is healthy, this is healing. This is the conditions that are not mine, but can be gathered into something that supports and sustains. One is unified. Yeah. And um, so this is the process. Heart quality becomes and it can becomes embodied. If we contemplate this embodied condition, we recognize, you know, human beings have definitely the potential for violence. We can touch something and the violent energy comes up. That happens. We feel violent, aggressive, angry, hostile. You know that. What happens? You get can you feel relaxed and comfortable and happy-go-lucky? No, no, you're tight, you're hot, you're intense, the body forms up into a pretty strong shape, yeah? And you can get addicted to that because it makes you feel powerful. And people do, particularly men, of course. Yeah. That gives us a strong shape. I'm a man. It means I can be as brutal as I like. <laughs> You know, goodness me. And in a way, that's that's kind of fine because that's what we do in the movies, you know. Guys who blast people with guns and beat people up, the heroes do that. That's the real winners, Superman, so forth. And even thugs. That's definitely a channel there for that particular energy. And you can get formed into that, shaped into that. Uh, either by one's own determination or by the programming of others who encourage it, or both together. And if that's profoundly generated, certain qualities become inaccessible. Tenderness, acceptance of fallibility, tender-heartedness, uh, yeah. contentment. Cannot, you can't access that. You know, body thrives on a certain, you know, charged energy.
But even this, <laughs> the way is still open. The way is still open. What's needed? We acknowledge that. We acknowledge where it's going. We open the heart to it. And something cracks. And you see this in people who've been, for one reason or another, been brutalized or are brutal. And there's that moment of recognition. And, you know, And something and the weeping starts. The contrition starts, the recognition. And okay. Now do good. What was needed? Love. Heart, love which is not about liking things, is it? Mm. You know, it's such a common word and yet the way it's used is if people don't really know what it is. So they use it for romance or sentiment or attraction. And no, that's not it. Love is this tremendous potential the heart has to encompass and embrace everything without aversion, hostility, condemnation, or identification. Mm. Energy may be gentle, something that terminates the movement in the un- towards the unskillful. It doesn't condemn it, it just withdraws energy from it. Energy goes into something more that we neglected and forgot or felt we were incapable of. So this is really how we can change the body with the heart. And how the body can also do the reverse. You know, feeling an agitated, tense state, irritable, grumpy, just what's happening in my body? Body? What body? Okay, can you feel your feet? Huh? Can you feel your back? Can you feel your whole body? Oh yeah, can you breathe? Oh, what happened to that agitation? Oh, it's starting to cool. The body cures the heart, the heart cures the body. The two come together, and the two can come together, we have unification. <laughs> so, when you... <laughs> When we cultivate, uh, say, uh, you know, uh, and the Buddha was enlightened through cultivating in the body. Yes, these heart states are powerful, these heart states are profound. 
There can be great ideas that we think, oh yeah, great. Now, you cherish all living beings, yeah, great. I can't do that. <laughs> no, you can't do it, but you can resonate with that. All right. This isn't, you know, can you just resonate with that, the beauty of that suggestion? Not, I've got to do it, or I'm no good if I can't do it. What would that be like? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's, you know, take that quality in and embed it in your body. So your body begins to learn a little bit. Yeah. So the Buddha, when he is awakening, he'd been doing all kinds of intense practices, what are called immaterial states, very refined, disembodied states, where there's no awareness of body, yeah. state of non-finite consciousness, state of no things, you know, all these very refined states we can barely even figure out what they're talking about. When he was a bodhisattva, Buddha-to-be was quite proficient at doing all these things. He was considered an excellent student in that level. And uh, he said, yeah, okay, but so what? <laughs> you get back to this again, here I am. Physical body, sensuality, sense forms, contact, impressions, hunger, hasn't changed a dang thing. I just flipped out for a while. I need to integrate this into this very living form, not by escaping from it, which he could do. And the, one of the many, many impressive qualities of the Buddha was he had enough savvy to recognize his extremely refined, exquisite states were inadequate, because the main, the, the deep integrity and thoroughness of this person was it's got to be able to be something I can walk around in on this planet as a human being yeah. otherwise it's not fully fulfilled yet yeah. it's in this very body that the deathless is touched in this very body and those are the statements that he made where? Well, when the somatic body is no longer contracted, that sense of you know, something infinite. I said, okay, so got to get back to this. So you've done all the stuff you can do, starving, everything you do to a body to kind of somehow damp it down or neutralize it or get rid of it said ah just let's be natural body needs some food take a bit yeah. and then as you know sitting under this tree recollecting uh, time when he was a little boy feeling contented absorbing into the sense of contentment his father was nearby felt protected safe comfortable and just immediately went to absorption into that contented state Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Why not pick that up and this time focus on my breathing as that memory comes in. And then that 
breathing, the energy of the breathing picks up that tonality of heart and is steadied by it and begins to saturate the body both the inner body with all its compressions and tensions and contractions and missing pieces begins to like blowing up a balloon all the crinkles come out and then then, this is the way This is how, <laughs> you know, this is the way the Buddha said, this is, this is where you, this is what samadhi is about. Yeah. And this is how it, you do it. Uh, and why it's useful, because when the chitta is no longer contracted and oppressed with your know, will, hostility, uh, even this kind of vague, grumpy sense of inadequacy is a kind of hostility towards oneself the ability to keep lacerating oneself with self-criticism and feeling inadequacy is just undignified really <laughs> yeah. and useless so even these these qualities all that is removed yeah. and this becomes then the chitta is then sane and it can review this is how things actually are. Deep insight arises from that clarity, that composure. But in our practice, we're coming back to this. We've got to both touch into the, the good, the true, the beautiful, but also acknowledge the ugly, the painful, and the fake delusions as what they are not as myself but as something that if they're not addressed they have the potency the potential to creep in like viruses and take over so okay here's that sense of irritability it's just standing in the area of the good and the beautiful and moving, breathing into these afflicted, sore, contracted, agitated places. See, that's what like blowing the balloon. Yeah, moving through. And this is process that we cultivate. So let's take some time for direct practice.